Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the last Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Saturday morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us on our silly little radio program. Will Darkins, how are you doing this morning? The best radio program. The best silly it's little. The best. Whoa, hype man. You're pumped up this morning. You bet I'm pumped up. You know where I was last night? No. Uh, oh, yes. I do. You were at the Washington County Fairgrounds for Wolfstock. Wolfstock 2019 <laughs> with Chris Jansen. Yeah, how's Chris Jansen doing? Let me tell you something. Chris Jansen is, if you were to imagine him as a painting. Yeah. It is a bald eagle in a bed with American flag themed uh, covers. Sheets. Yeah. Pillow covers. Statue of Liberty under the bed with him. Uh, Basically watching softcore with the Statue of Liberty and George Washington going at it. Wow. It's that much patriot. That is pretty spectacular. He's really talented. It's just yeah. like everything was about country and God and how much he loved his wife. Well, that's good. Well, what's he doing in bed with George Washington and the Statue of Liberty? <laughs> no, he's watching. Oh, he's just he's him watching. And his, him and his wife are watching together. No, she's not there. Okay. That's alone time for Chris. That's alone time. Yeah, pretty good time then, huh? It was a really good time. Really, you know, I, I'm not a fan of country music, but Chris Jansen is a talented SOB. I mean, he was on the harmonica, the drums, the guitar. He had a segment where he was on the piano and he was playing classic rock hits. Like, yeah. he, he's a talented guy. It's just like, you know, I don't prefer the music. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so before we get into uh, too much sports, I had a, something came up. I was in a conversation with somebody this week, and I just wanted to get your feel on this because I'm not sure how to feel about it. Is there another stalker? No, no. Stalker went, actually, stalker went <laughs> pretty all right. Uh, turns out uh, she was a little kooky do uh, towards everybody in the entire party. Uh, so pretty much, yeah, it was, there was a pretty good um, uh, group effort of keeping her at arm's length. So it was a group orgy. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, my 20-year class reunion last week, that is a bizarre thing to go to. By the end of the night, I was just doing the thing where you walk up to people and you go, yep, remember you? Yep, remember you? Uh, so you're going to do just like the 90-second version of our lives for the last 20 years? And people were like, sure. And then we would just do it as quick as we could and then move on. But my favorite part was actually there was people that I knew and that I recognized. And you made like eye contact across the room and you're like, all right. You're one of the people, because big enough graduating class, that there's a lot of people that I just didn't recognize. There's spouses there. Sure. But there's a handful of people that I saw. I was like, I remember you. You remember me. We don't have anything to say. Should we just move on? And we did. There's at least five people that I just, we just kind of both silently agreed not to say anything, and that was fantastic. That sounds like an awkward reunion. No, it was fine. There's plenty of people that I wanted to talk to, and I went and I talked to them. There's there's people that I've kept up with. There's people that I haven't, but it was like, you know, hey, how long has it been? 20 years? <laughs> and then we have a nice little conversation. And then there was people that it was just like, we didn't really have any common anything in common. We didn't talk. We don't have, like, moments that we shared. But we knew the same people. We ended up in the same place a few times. I clearly know who you are. You definitely know who I am. But let's just not waste our effort. So did you have the okay. awkward uh, women you slept with in high school you saw there, and then you both had to, like, act like it didn't happen because you're both now happily married with kids? No. No, there's none of that. There's no sec weird sexual tension in the room. Oh. Yeah, sorry. So this was not a very good reunion. That was a perfectly fine reunion. You need a little bit of sexual nah. tension at a high school reunion. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah, sorry about that. You definitely do. Now, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, my high school reunion, there's going to be some male teachers. It's not going to be comfortable. I don't think the teachers normally go. They didn't go for ours. They all wanted me. Fair enough. So that was not what I was going to talk about. So this week I was talking with this guy, and he very casually is telling me about a new house that him and his wife are building. And it's, you know, being built in a development, a new development. It's not like he's, you know, building his dream home mansion thing. But he's talking about the house, and he just very casually drops the you know, so we're getting all the rooms set up, and my wife's getting it just the way she likes it. And, you know, and since we have separate rooms, we just did it. And I was like, wait, what? And he just very casually dropped in the fact that him and his wife have separate rooms. Now, you're just about to be married. I've been married 13 years. It has never occurred to me to bring up to my wife in conversation, what do you think about us getting our own rooms? Yeah, that's the uh, early signs of divorce. See, that was my initial thought, yeah. but he said it in just a very comfortable, like, hey, we're good. My grandparents had separate rooms. I don't know when they got separate rooms, but I think it was when grandpa got, you know, the snores real bad. Yeah, but that's a different age, too, because yeah. I mean, you know that people used to sleep in separate beds in the same room. Did they, or was that for television because you couldn't show people, like, in their love nest in 1950s television? No, sir. People were happy sleeping in separate beds, not yeah. touching each other. Uh, like, I think when people used to get married back in the 40s and 50s, they consummated it and then never touched each other again. Yeah. Ever. Unless they had to have another kid. For Same thing will reason. happen to you, and you won't realize it. But, yeah, that's marriage. So that's it hasn't changed all that much <laughs> over the years. But I'm just wondering. 55305, better you today text line. I figure we have, we have our audience. Uh, anybody uh, pull off the separate rooms, separate beds, or is that – like you said, early signs of divorce. But he said it just very comfortably and casually, like it was no big deal. Because yeah, he's getting used to the, uh, the idea that he's, he's going to get divorced. But here's the thing. If it's the first time of divorce, why are they getting a new house? That is a bad move. Oh, yeah, let's upgrade our house on the way to separation. Dude, people it's, do this all the time. They try to fake yeah. each other out that, like, like – 
look, Megan and I have this couple that like are having a kid right now. Like she's, you know, eight months pregnant. She's about ready to burst. Sure. But they hate each other. <laughs> like it's palpable. Whenever yeah. we're around them, like they really, really don't like each other. And sure. like once they leave the room, we all talk about it. We're like, what the hell? Why are they having this kid? What's yeah. wrong with them? Like, yeah, they do not like each other. But see, that's <laughs> everything. The, the, this couple, uh, you know, they have a kid in high school. They've been together forever. It's not like a new couple going, oh, if we're going to make this work, we need to throw in a baby. That's yep. a pretty common, stupid young couple move. That happens all the time. That's a pro move. Just saying. Just curious. Get the kid, and then you'll be happy. <laughs> That'll do it. The, you won't gonna, sleep. It'll be great. Yeah, it's the anchor baby. Yeah, they're like, right now, when we're getting all this sleep and we have all this energy, things aren't going well. But just wait till we're sleep-deprived, and we have to worry about another human ahead of ourselves and ahead of the other person. That'll that'll make things go really, really well. Yeah, so somebody on the text line, it happened with my ex-wife and I, and I'll say it all I'll say is she is now my ex-wife. Yeah, it's the it's the all Fair telltale enough. signs of we're about to get a divorce. And I'm telling you, I know where you're going here. You're saying, what the hell is their problem? Why are they getting a new house if they're sleeping in separate rooms? But dude, people do this constantly where they where they try to like fool each other into thinking like, hey, we can just make this last because yeah. we both have careers and whatever. But no, dude, this is just going to go down in flames. Okay. Something's going to happen with that house. Fair enough. We'll check in on it. Uh, somebody else says, I know cops have separate rooms so they can get sleep. I mean, that's... If you're on a different schedule, I mean, that seems like a legitimate reason. Actually, um, my uh, fiance and I used to do this when I uh, worked overnights at Fox. Because yeah. I had to go home to work at midnight. Ah. And so it was like, that one I can understand. Okay. Because I had to go in at midnight, and then I would come back and sleep for like five hours, and I'd, I'd go to bed at like eight at night, and then wake up. You know, it was yeah. it was loopy. So in that situation, okay. I could get it. But in your friend's situation, it just sounds like, I'm just, hey, we sleep in separate rooms. I hate her. But anyway, we're remodeling this house. Yeah, we're, no, we're designing the house. We're just picking out the fixtures, and it's great. Uh, the other one uh, on the text line, uh, I need a separate room for my wife because women are just so gross. Have you tried men? <laughs> Would be my response. Well, he's listening. I assume he's listening. Yeah, I or he just texted in and went the other way. Yeah, I think that's when you need to see if you're into men. Because yeah. if, if that's the case, then, you know, yeah. go marry a guy. Or if you're a woman texting in, have you tried women? They could just be asexual. That could be. You know. Like the lead singer of the Smiths? Just other people are gross. <laughs> That's like bisexual. And there's asexual. which are like, ah, nope, just don't touch me. So like, I've never it, understood asexuals. Yeah. Well, that's because you're so sexual. It's true. Like <laughs> I said, all my teachers wanted me. <laughs> It was disgusting. And you dude. reciprocated. Oh, my gosh. It was disgusting. Yeah. It, it was like fish in a barrel in high school, dude. I had math teachers all over me. Best linebacker in the state. Yeah. And that'll happen. Mr. Burns. All Eat I had it. to do was just throw up Lick Oswego review articles when I came into class. Yeah. I could see it in their eye. I get it. Well, NFL training camp started this week. Uh, you've probably heard some uh, uh, unsettling stories about how well it's going for the wide receiver core for the New York Giants since getting rid of Odell Beckham Jr. Well, it got worse uh, this morning, uh, and then I've got some other stories from the first week of training camp. So let's uh, start things off right there. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Luke Anderson, Will Darkens with you on a Saturday morning. I flipped the TV from golf when the golf guys left and put it on uh, Jack Hanna's uh, Wild Planet or whatever where you go around wrestling snakes and animals and stuff. Did you go to ABC? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. You watching that? Oh, yeah. I watch this every Saturday morning. It is fantastic. So the, the guy's, like, trying to tame the cobra. And he's sitting, like, two and a half feet from the cobra's face. And he's got it, like, kind of, uh, you know, in a trance or whatever. He's, you know, one of those snake charmers. That's what he does. So the, the snake is motionless, but he doesn't have it, like, pinned. He's not, like, holding onto its head. So then Jack Hanna off screen starts yelling him questions. So the guy starts talking back to him. And then, of course, he's casually having a conversation with Snake Two Free from the state. And the Cobra snaps at him. Missed him. Dude, that's... Seems I, like a bad idea. Yeah, you, you shouldn't I think, be that comfortable around. Like, it took him, like, three minutes to, like, soothe the snake. Going back and forth. Finally gets a comment. It's like, so how'd you do that? Tell me all the steps that you went through. And the guy just starts having a conversation. It's like, No! Keep your eyes on the snake, you moron. That's how comfortable they are, though. I know. People like that, I just, I, I think you, I think you had a near-death experience, and now you feel invincible, and you're just like, screw it, I don't care. That's what I thought Steve Irwin. I thought Steve Irwin, maybe, like, very early in his life, had a very near-death experience, and then after that, he was just like, I'm invincible. I don't know, man. It's that adrenaline burst, though, right? You go and you put yourself in harm's way. It gets, makes you feel alive. People jumping out of airplanes, bungee jumping, snowboarding. Yeah, I mean, you played football. Getting just... speared by a stingray. <laughs> what was it for football? Probably had to get you pretty jacked. Nothing, really. Actually, the, one of the most uh, unjacked things was uh, fall camp. Oh, I'm sure. Actually, the first week of fall camp got you super unjacked because <laughs> it wasn't full-on contact. Like, they take the first week, and I don't know if this is the same in uh, other camps and other schools and what they did, but, like, the first week, they try to ease you into it just a smidge. Yeah. Like, it's... Um, oh, yeah, it was usually, like, helmets, but no sh- no shoulder, no pads. Well, it's uh, what they call shells. So it's uh, helmets, shoulder pads. Oh, you would do shoulder pads. Nothing okay. below. And yeah. so you do just kind of like the wrap-up thing. But then week two is when it really starts picking yeah. up. First week at camp, though, they don't want to get you hurt. Of they course. Don't, you know, they want to just ease you into it. But, dude, that's it's boring. What's what's the biggest ga- week one game that you play? Because we've got Oregon-Auburn coming up August 31st, which is not that far away, uh, just over a month away for the first. And that game is Huge. What was the biggest week one game that you had? That. I mean, it's massive. It's the, no, no, it, no, that you played in. Oh, that I played in. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, this is, this is a huge week one. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just wondering that, like, the difference between Oregon showing up to their camp when they're playing uh, Auburn versus playing Portland State or whoever. Yeah, the biggest week one game that I ever played in was probably TCU at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Okay. Uh, and that was really... <laughs> It was very indicative of how our season went because we uh, scheduled for reasons I still don't understand TCU. And then the next week was uh, Louisville at home. But then the week after that was Boise State at Boise State. That was the year they were ranked third in the country. That's a gauntlet. Yes. And TCU at that time, I think, was ranked like five or six. That was the Andy Dalton's uh, senior year, the Rose Bowl year for them. Yeah. And Louisville wasn't great. I mean, they've had a couple... Bubble ups, but they're still still a a power five. Of course, yeah. They're not like a, they're not a patsy by any stretch of the imagination. So, is there a different vibe when you go into camp knowing that that's how your season opens, or just kind of like, all right, let's get to work? I think it's more that you know, for the most part, with camps, it's kind of the very beginning of camps, and I always throw a spring ball right out the window because yeah, you hate spring ball. Again, I will tell you, if you get excited about spring ball as a fan, just be aware the players don't give an s. Sure. Like, they really, really don't care about the spring ball game. Except they, for the freshmen. Eh, 
even then, they're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> like, but they're happy to be there. They're very happy to they be don't there. Know, they don't know any of the plays, and they don't know what's going on, but they're happy to be there. And then once they figure it out, they're like, oh, what's the point? And some of the dudes that are walk-ons, you're, you're kind of trying to battle for positioning once you get to fall camp to kind of sure. get there. But, um, you know, for the most part, when it comes to, like, getting ready for that first game uh, Oregon might be paying attention a little bit more here because you look at that first game and really this is your season yeah. it, it really is and I hate to uh, put that much importance on it but we look back to what happened last year between what was it Auburn and Washington right yeah Washington lost that game and I truly believe after they lost that game that's what changed the course of their season because they mm-hmm. weren't the same after yeah. that yeah they just really weren't and it, and it it really created such an awful environment for the Pac-12. <laughs> I mean, it did. The yeah, Pac-12 no, title right. game was awful. Everybody in the Pac-12 was awful. And well, you just hope and, that the Ducks can like either eke out a win or have a strong yeah. performance so it sets the tone. Well, and then the Washington State, the, the Apple Cup was really disappointing, too. I mean, it, it was a great environment and all the snow and everything, but Gardner Minshew had never played a game in snow that I know of, and it looked like it. And that that was really that was a big letdown too, because Washington State was really fun last year. So that was the one thing that we were holding on to, because they probably were not a college football playoff team, but they would have been pretty exciting to see in uh, in a Pac-12 championship game. And that Pac-12 championship game, I think we're still waiting for them to score. Pretty <sighs> pretty dull. I don't think that was even the worst part. The worst part was the canopied off uh, three hundred level. Yeah, <laughs> that was so terrible. And what was even funnier the game about was, it? The game was bad, though. The game was bad. But what was even funnier about it was when you were watching, you could definitely tell the director was <laughs> in the ear of the producers and cameramen. Don't, don't pan out. Don't pan out. Don't pan out. <laughs> Keep it down at the 100 level because it was empty seats after that, dude. All right. Well, the worst way you could possibly start camp is in your offseason, get rid of your superstar wide receiver. Um, New York Giants got rid of Odell Beckham Jr. Thursday was the first day of camp for the New York Giants. They lost Sterling Shepard to a fractured thumb. I still haven't seen reports on how long he'll be out, but probably in the six-week range. <clears throat> then they lose Corey Coleman to an ACL. He's likely out for the entire season. That's all Thursday. How about this report this morning? What was their big signing? Who was their guy they were bringing in? Golden Tate. All right. Golden State. Golden Tate uh, gets a four-game ban for fertility drugs. So he is claiming that him and his wife are trying to, you know, have a child and he cleared everything to the NFL, but this is an immediate suspension that he will be appealing. But right now it looks like there's another wide receiver out for at least four weeks. Now the NFL level, it's always tricky because you think that, you know, the superstar wide receivers give you a ton of value, but at the same time, are all of these guys superstars? Do you think this is going to just set the giants on a path that they cannot recover from? Cause I don't think it does. Uh, no, cause they were already on that path. <laughs> I mean, they really were. Yeah. This is just, this is kind of a throw up season for them. Sure. This is just kind of like a, Hey, let's see what sticks. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that's really even like a cohesive plan going forward because you have Eli Manning, somebody who you can only expect maybe one to two years of hang out till the other guy's ready. Yeah. Like yeah. average play. And that's a question mark. And I'm not even really putting that all on him. I'm just saying you have a horrible offensive line. And so really you can't even perform at what would be considered like a seven on the 10 scale. Don't get Saquon Barkley hurt. Yeah. And wait till and and get Daniel Jones ready to go out and not embarrass himself. Dude, you might want to go to week eight and see how 
I know this is ridiculous, but you might want to go till week eight, see how the record is, and then just sit Saquon if it's that bad. <laughs> like, if you're one in six by week eight with a bye, like, maybe call it quits. Uh, yeah. I mean, just maybe sell the whole ship, trade some players, get some picks, and then start to rebuild this thing. Yeah. I, I mean, because honestly, this is just looking so terrible right now. Did you see Eli's comments about um, about Odell Beckham Jr.? Saying how awful, oh, how awful they're going to be with him gone. It's actually pretty good. I like Eli. I like Eli in this respect. He goes, yeah, I don't think they bother me. This is on Odell Beckham Jr.'s comments. I don't think they bother me. Uh, you just kind of shake your head and laugh. I won a few games before he was here, which is true. I mean, they what one winning season while Odell Beckham Jr. was there? Yeah, I don't think he won games. I think his defense did. I understand that, but he won two Super Bowls. No, and his defense won two Super Bowls. I understand. Yes. But he played well in both of those. I believe he has MVPs in both of those. I, I, I got you, man. Hey, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. He didn't win two. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. He didn't win two. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> nah, uh, I, I don't know about that. You know, I, this to me is a fitting end. Eli Manning's career because he's not going to get You're traded. Right. You no. know what I mean? Like he's not going to go play for another team. Nobody's going to want him after this. Even if he has this season and then, you know, we head into 2020 and he was like, Hey, I got one more year in me. And the giants are like, we don't care. <laughs> Nobody's going to take him. Jaguars. Yeah. I, Jaguars are the only team that I could think that might want to do it. But now you got yourself, Nick Foles and that might be okay. You got to give that two or three years. I no, can't think yeah. of another team that would want to pick him up except for of course, the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only team stupid enough that would bite on that. They probably would. Or watch him in a Bengals uniform. Ooh. <laughs> you know what? Andy Dalton wasn't the solution. That's Eli right. Manning is. That's right. That's right. If you're going to stick with Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis that long. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a couple other quick things from training camp. Uh, obviously, we're in the first week. Did you see Antonio Brown's arrival? Hot air balloon? Hot air balloon yeah yeah do anything for you does uh, that make any sense wasting a bunch of money on camp arrival i don't know I, I can't believe you had that much money after the whole tossing an appliance out a window and hurting a child thing i won't forget about that dude you i shouldn't. won't like uh, antonio brown to me is such a tool yeah he's such an effing tool and i think you're gonna see it this year you're really going to see it because I think wait, that wait, 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 didn't he stop playing for his team who was still in a playoff run uh, because he didn't want to be there. But what was holding <laughs> him back from becoming a true tool was that he could mask it with talent, right? Like okay. that's the same thing as true. ODB. Like y you can, you can call him a tool all you want, o but you OBJ, go, OBJ, ODB whatever you, you can, you know, whatever blonde guy. You can you can call him a tool all you want, but he performs on the field. I think once he gets to the Raiders and Derek Carr starts throwing in the ball, I think you can call him a true tool because he won't know what the F to do, dude. Well, and he's playing for John Gruden. So it's like if you're going to have a blow-up mess, isn't that the perfect scenario? Yeah. Just a team because, without a home, yeah. a coach that's insane, a quarterback that's way overvalued. A coach that by somebody, uh, there was a few players last year who said when they went to film session, he was showing them like 1990s film sessions. He was like, this is how we're going to play football. In between the in between the lines of scrimmage. It's like, oh boy. Dude, you are so screwed. Yeah, yeah, I just, to me, all these antics are things that, you know what, Jalen Ramsey was the other thing. He came in in that stupid Brinks truck. It's like, dude, 
like maybe you just need to play football because Jalen Ramsey, you are following the same story arc of every highly paid cornerback, which is like you do well one year and then you do well the next year and then you finally get paid and you suck. Yeah. And that's going to happen. Well, let's play a quick round of pay him. Don't pay him. Uh, Zeke Elliott. Uh, yeah. Okay. Melvin Gordon. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, did you see Philip Rivers' comments? <laughs> yes, they were absolutely fantastic. So uh, here they are right here, actually. Uh, this is Philip Rivers about Melvin Gordon holding out. Said he, they're going to get a lot of, oh, this is about the running backs that are there. They're going to get a lot of work. It certainly is a deep position for us, and those guys love to play and work hard. We love Melvin, but we're going to go on without him. We've uh, Go on with what we've got. It's a pretty dang good group. I thought, didn't he say something like Melvin? Isn't that his name? No, I didn't see that one. I just saw the, dude, like the guys here love to play football. We did well without him. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. I, I mean. Yeah, we lo- like, in case he comes back, I'll just say like, yeah, he's great. But if he doesn't come back, like, whatever. I mean, dude, that guy could barely finish a season out because of injuries. And I think mm-hmm. that's the whole symptom with running backs, too. The only reason I say pay Zeke Elliott is because there's a historical um, I think there's a historical preference with or uh, precedent with the Cowboys. If you go back to the 1993 or four season, whichever one it was, you remember Evan Smith had the holdout. They lost two games, paid him, and then won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I think as the Cowboys, you kind of have to look back at that and go, yeah, well, maybe we'll pay you. Yeah, but wasn't DeMarco Murray the leading rusher in the NFL when he played behind that offensive line? DeMarco Murray and Ezekiel Elliott are two different players. I understand that. DeMarco Murray, though, after he left the Cowboys, became the real DeMarco Murray, but behind the Cowboys offensive line led the NFL in rushing. I understand. But again, okay. I will Just, go back to the statement. Ezekiel Elliott is a different kind of back. I understood yep. that, you know, DeMarco Murray was able to, I don't know, be a statistical monster, but at the same time, Zeke Elliott's a game changer. Yeah. He's somebody that once he gets one good run, your defense is screwed because the momentum starts to pick up. Like he's that type of player. Every single Cowboys game I watched this last year, that was the case. If Zeke could break free for like a 12 to 15 yard gain, that's a, you're, you're screwed on that carry like, or that possession. You're screwed. Yeah. He's, he's a freak too. He's a super freak. Doesn't he also beat people? Uh, yeah. I mean, he was convicted. So, did yeah. he like hit a woman at a concert? He's got. We, we knocked over a security guard. Was the most recent one. He had some issues with a past girlfriend, I believe. Uh, but the big one this off season was him shoulder checking a security guard and dropping him to the floor. So I believe that's where we're at with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's it's like it's really hard yeah, to talk uh, about nfl players and analyze them and then like have this in the back of your oh, and he head. threw an appliance out of the window oh and he you know yeah. didn't he hit his girlfriend oh yeah and didn't he knock over that guy at the thing yeah it's like it's like how, am I, supposed to, how am I supposed to analyze them and say like he's essential to the team when it's like no he's he's harassing people constantly one word bifurcate a Seahawk gets paid, and we have poll questions. We do those next, but first, your Sports Center update. So the Blazers have rounded out their roster. They got their last piece. Uh, there is uh, shenanigans going on at the uh, Tour de France. Is there a worse sporting event if you had to participate in one of the great sporting events in the world than the Tour de France? And then uh, the Clippers look like they're getting a new arena. We'll talk about all that garbled gook in our 
Uh, but right now, the Seahawks have made their inside linebacker, Bobby Wagner, the highest paid at that position in the entire NFL. Great job, Bobby. He negotiated the contract himself. So oh, did he? He did, actually. <laughs> so I'll give him a thumbs up for that. But that seems like a pretty rock-solid move. He's still playing at a very high level. He's one of the best defensive players in the NFL, if not just linebacker. Um, and he's kind of the center of that defense. And Seattle looks like they still have the window open a little bit. Uh, they were a playoff team last year when uh, everybody was uh, kind of counting them out. Um, what do you expect from the Seahawks this year? Middling. Yeah? Yeah. I okay. mean, that's what they're doing right now. I thought this contract was totally about middling, not understanding what they really want to do. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, if you take a look at the Seahawks roster and you take a look at how everything is kind of rounding out at this point, I mean, you're just kind of trying to figure out what your path is with Russell Wilson. I mean, you really didn't make a huge effort to surround him with at least one big name receiver DK Metcalf. Yeah. I think you needed to kind of go out there and try to find him a target. And I know there's a little bit of gun shyness there because you did that with uh, Jimmy Graham and that didn't necessarily work you out. Did, yeah. Well, they, before Russell Wilson, you went and gotten DM branch. You got Percy Harvin. They've made that move before, before for big name wide receivers. Um, uh, Sidney Rice. Uh, they, Sidney Rice worked out. Okay. He was all right. Yeah. But he wasn't the, he wasn't the game changing receiver. I think that they expected to him. They tried to get Brandon Marshall last year. So they went young at the wide receiver position. Uh, but Tyler Lockett would played a lot better last year, uh, two years removed from that broken leg or whatever it was. Uh, that that hampered him, but yeah, he, I mean, you've you've still got pieces, and and DK Metcalf, if what they say about the early results are true, that guy could be a game changer, possibly. But you know, I think what it comes down to, and you know, we're hitting on the point right now, which is that it seems like the Seahawks never are able to fully utilize a big name wide receiver, and yep. most teams do, right? You know. Uh, you have guys like Julio Jones, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Antonio Brown with uh, the Steelers. But, you know, I, I think it speaks more to Russell Wilson and his style of play. Yeah. And Mike Sando came out, and I think it was either this week or late last week, and did his tiered quarterback ratings, right? Okay. And uh, he put in tier one um, Tom Brady, of course. But, really? Tom Brady made yeah. tier one? Yeah, Tom Brady was in tier one. So was Patrick. He's, and he's May only and he's only 42. Oh, I know. Got a lot of football ahead of him. So was Patrick Mayhomes. Haven't heard of him. Where does he play? Uh, I think uh, Kansas. Kansas State? Uh, yeah. Maybe it's Kansas Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat Mahomes. So Pat Mahomes be. was in there. But then they also had, as the number one of that tier, Aaron Rodgers. Now, Russell Wilson was also in that tier. And Mike Sando came out and basically said, hey, one of the biggest factors that I look at is can a player change the tide of a game individually as a one person in football? And yep. that's pretty difficult to do in the NBA. It's, I don't You're supposed say, to, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's more likely than not. You'll have a LeBron James. You'll have a Kawhi Leonard. You have somebody, Damian Lillard. There's yeah, a, Damian yeah, Lillard. Somebody stars. that just changes the course of a game. Well, but, there's only, there's only 10 guys on the court, but I think that you have these two dudes, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, who are coming off of, I don't want to say awful. Well, Rogers awful season, but Russell Wilson kind of a disappointing season where you started to see the style of play that he has break down and people kind of figure it out, which they say 
dude, if I can get you out of the pocket, there's a 50% chance you'll do something really great. There's also a 50% chance you'll royally screw up and be 20 yards back the other way. Yeah, there's an there's an element of that, but the one thing that Russell Wilson does not do, uh, well, two things. I mean, he's, he's not particularly turnover prone, which is great. Like, he'll take bad sacks, which end up, you know, ruining a series, but it was not necessarily a turnover. And the other thing he does is he doesn't take big hits for a guy that gets out of the pocket and runs as much as he does. He stays healthy. So that's one of the, the, the two elements where you kind of go, all right, I'll forgive you getting that slide down 20 yard sack twice a game because you're not going out and trying to take on a linebacker and, and Garoppoloing it uh, to ruin your season before it gets started. You're not going out there and trying to be a superstar and and go out in, in routes like RG3. RG3 was rookie of the year over Russell Wilson. When they met in the playoffs, RG3 could not walk, and the and the Seahawks walked through that game. So you, you have those elements where I think because he's so good at those two things, you kind of give him forgiveness on the others. And like you said, there's a 50% chance he makes a spectacular play. Yeah, I just, you know, the other thing kind of throwing Bobby Wagner back into this is, yeah. do you think Bobby Wagner hated Russell Wilson with the same veracity that all those other dudes like Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman? No. Um, no. Or do you think he did and he was just really, really good at hiding it and that's why they're paying him all this? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I mean, it's interesting because what's, what's your Bobby Wagner soundbite that jumps into your mind? What's what's your what's your outside of football uh, around the play? What's your Bobby Wagner moment? Because I've got I've got Earl Thomas flipping the bird to Pete Carroll and coming out this week and doubling down and going, oh yeah, that was meant for Pete. I feel bad if anybody else in the it, but I'm not, I don't regret that I sent that bird his way. You got Richard Sherman screaming at Michael Crabtree. You've got Cam Chancellor holding out. You've got you know all of these guys. Michael Bennett was a you know constant uh, uh, distraction outside of the the off the field, Bobby Wagner doesn't have a big personality outside of football. He just is a really, really good linebacker. And I think he fits in that mode where he doesn't necessarily want to be the the guy in all the commercials. I know he does Beacon Plumbing commercials up in Seattle. Does I've he heard, really? Yeah, I've heard those a few times. What does he sound like? Uh, the, See, that's the other thing. Yeah. I don't know what his voice sounds like. Yeah, but but you, you look, take all those big personalities, and they're gone. Marshawn Lynch is gone. Doug Baldwin is now gone. That void is not being filled by Bobby Wagner going, finally, I can stretch out and be the mouthpiece for this team. I don't think he wants to be. That's why he gets along with Russell Wilson. Could be I totally don't think wrong. he gets along. I think he's just a master Tolerates. at just, yeah, being toler yeah. tolerating of him. And I, you know, all the power to him because I, I think on this show, I've made it very, very clear. You hate Russell Wilson. I really don't like Russell Wilson. And I understand that he is... Um, you know, he's a very caring person. He's, um, children's hospital every Tuesday, children's hospital. He's, you know, a philanthropist, you know, that's fine. But there's a sense of insincerity under it that just irks the living F out of me. <laughs> and I loved it that Aaron Rodgers had that one line of, I guess God uh, wasn't it, on their side. That, that, is, that is fantastic. It, it is perfect. And it goes back to my whole thing of when I hear athletes talk about God in congratulating themselves to me, it just takes you back to that Chris Jansen concert. <laughs> I just, Sorry, to no. me, I, I, I can't, I, I can't stand that kind of thing. You, you, this is twice today. You're having trouble bifurcating. Well, I'm uh, having trouble. You have, to separate, you have to separate the on-field, off-field stuff. Here's what I'll say. 
The same type of people that would get pissed at me for saying this are the same type of people that would say, screw you for kneeling during the anthem, right? They say, keep okay. politics out of sports. Well, keep your God out of sports <laughs> when I'm watching it. I don't care about that. I just don't. And you know what? Here's the biggest sense of insincerity about it. If you go back to Johnny Manziel's Heisman Trophy ceremony, his acceptance speech, who's the first person he thanks? Uh, let me think. Uh, Mr. Rogers. It's God. Ah, dang it. I should have got that one. Big white dude with a beard in the sky. Is he white? Ooh. Calling out my white privilege. Yeah. A bit. Hey, I'll take that on. Here, this, this is something that I'm glad I have the ability to do. I really don't like when I'm watching a game, I don't worry about anything but like what goes on the game. Russell Wilson is incredibly fun to watch on the field. Bobby Wagner is a fantastic linebacker, and you realize how bad your defense would be if you lose that guy when he misses a game. Those guys are fantastic football players. I am a Seahawks fan, as you know, but at the same time, I can separate Big Ben from all of his shenanigans that he has outside of it and Ezekiel Elliott and all the crap that he had, and I would rather just watch these guys play. And sometimes it becomes more and more difficult the more we we sometimes root for people to get more personality into it until we don't like their personalities, and it's like, oh, go away. 55305 is the better you today text sign. Somebody uh, calling me out very correctly. Morally lazy people don't like Wilson. That's correct. I am morally lazy. <laughs> That's very, very accurate. Self-admitted, morally lazy yeah. Will Darkens yeah. does not care for Russell Wilson and his hot wife. Does he have a hot wife? Smoking does he have a hot wife. Hot wife. And you know what else is interesting? I loved how <laughs> when he was uh, about to, you know, go into all these contract negotiations and everything, people were like, oh, I think he's going to go with the Giants because, you know, Sierra. <laughs> Sierra wants to live in New York. Yeah, Sierra wants to live in New York. Dude, you named me the last number one single Sierra had. She Does is she riding coattails of Wilson right oh, now. Oh, calling you totally. out, Sierra. Calling you out, Sierra. Make some new music. Or at least some good music. Name a Sierra song. I don't know. Goodies. Is that it? No idea. I, I think Goodies is the only one. And that yeah. was like 06. <laughs> I on, remember Sarah. dancing to that at high school uh, winter formal. That was when I was discovering <laughs> goodies. freak dancing. There you go. That, that I could put hip to butt and it was good, <laughs> bro. And with that, we transition to good versus evil. Next, right here on The Center and the Saint. This is 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, what has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. This is a great choice by Zion because it will be a great fit for all involved. And remember, right now I think you'd say Russell Westbrook, maybe Chris Paul are kind of the faces of Jordan yeah, Brand. Yeah. Probably Russ more mm -hmm. than Chris. Yes. Zion yeah. is about to take over yeah. Jordan Brand. That was man who relies heavily on Gorilla Glue to maintain the key components of his face, Skip Bayless. He's talking about the endorsement agreement aligning New Orleans Pelicans number one overall pick Zion Williamson with Jordan Brand for five years. Sources say this is the richest annual rookie shoe deal in NBA history. As you may know, Jordan Brand 
is an offshoot of Nike. And as you may also remember, a Nike shoe exploded all on Williamson's foot this past year. Was this a good enough we're sorry contract? Uh, yeah, I'm still a little hung up on Chris Paul and Russ Westbrook being the face of the Jordan brand. I had no idea. Isn't Michael Jordan the face of the Jordan brand? No, uh, he's the body. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I expected him to get a huge shoe contract. He's too charismatic. He plays with a style that is hard to find comparisons for. He's going to be one of the most exciting NBA rookies since LeBron James. And I don't know that he has a comp set. So if he lives up to it, uh, there's a potential that he could have gotten underpaid for this. This speaks to that. And also, we don't know how much longer Greg Pop is going to be on the sidelines. So he had said for years and years and years that, you know, when he didn't really want to talk about retirement, but he would ride off into the, the sunset with Tim Duncan. Was an extra in the cast of the failed Goodfellas sequel, David Miniman. This week, the San Antonio Spurs added a 15-time All-Star, five-time NBA champion, and three-time Finals MVP to their coaching staff. Wait for it. It's Tim Duncan. The Big Reliable and Greg Popovich were part of 22 straight playoff appearances and epitomized what consistency looked like in the association during the 2000s. Still... Players historically have a bad reputation for coaching in the NBA. Do you think this is going to end up differently? The big reliable or the big fundamental? I always like the big fundamental better. I always just thought it was the uh, the big guy. That's what they <laughs> called him. The, the big, big guy. Yeah, that guy. Uh, I like that he's not going into a head coaching role if you're going to jump into coaching. You see that too often with players where it's like, oh, he's a really good player. Give, give him a head coaching job. He's No, he's going to work for the guy that made him ton of money made him a superstar um so i think he's doing it out of respect uh or going into it with a certain amount of respect and i think he'll take the job seriously i think tim duncan has uh, you know an extraordinarily different personality than most nba superstars you wonder if it's going to be the temperament that's going to translate to other players but at the same time it's hard to argue with his success and if he speaks uh you would hope players would have the respect to listen Add on to this story, apparently sources are saying that um, Manu Ginobili was approached before Duncan, though Ginobili said no. I don't yeah. know what that means. I I saw that. I don't know what it means either. Who cares? Yeah. It's great if you're able to get some downtime. The other reason why is you want to represent your country and all of the great things that come with it, but for a personal standpoint, you don't necessarily need it to build your brand or for marketing anymore. That was man recently woken up from a nap, Jalen Rose. 11 high-profile players, including Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, have withdrawn participation in the 2019 FIBA World Cup this summer. Just to be clear, this is not the Olympic team. It's the team that plays to earn a qualifying spot in the Olympics. The squad should do just fine with guys like Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, and Donovan Mitchell. But this whole situation does beg the question, should the U.S. even compete in FIBA? I don't know. We go through this every, what, decade or so where it just, we completely lose interest. It won't matter until they lose. It's funny because everybody that I've heard talking about this or everything I've read on it, they're like, well, I don't know if they've got everything to win. You have to win to qualify. Only the winner qualifies for the Olympics. What do you have to be, like the top 32 teams in the world to qualify for the Olympic tournament? Well, the only difference is, is if you win FIBA, you don't have to play a qualifying round. Again, who cares? Yeah. 
So yeah, there's there's not even that much to be gained by winning. If they lose, it will get people's attention, and then all of a sudden you'll get another dream, dream team or redeem team or whatever the hell you want to call it. Something that rhymes with uh, dream. Well, I thought about that recently too, about like the whole Olympics team and how it's going to form out. I, what is, are we two years out? Or are we no next year, twenty twenty? Yeah, uh, next Tokyo. year, Tokyo twenty twenty. Dude, I don't know how many super high profile players you're going to get. Yeah, but like really, but, I, I kind of think about it. And I'm like, I don't know if Kevin Durant's going to do it. I don't oh, no, know if yeah. Steph Curry's going to do it. Do you I care? really don't think LeBron James is going to do it because he's too old. And do you care? I don't know, man. I kind of like to see us dominate in the Olympics. Sure. Okay. That'd be neat. You're so unpatriotic. You're not even American. No, I'm pretty sure I am. Let me tell you, you POS. You better stand up and salute right now. Well, man, that Chris Jansen is wearing off hard. Yeah, he him. got he got me hard. Wait, what now? All right, time for my favorite story <laughs> of the week there. Following uncomfortable pause, more words. This one comes from New Mexico. A New Mexico woman told a Sonic fast food server, quote, this one's on God when he asked her for payment Monday before fleeing the restaurant with her order. Can we do that? Delilah Hernandez, 30, 30, by the way, Delilah, because when I first saw the headline for this story, I go, old woman has to be sure. Yeah. Like just a little bit of a uh, senility popping in. Yeah. Yeah. Pulled up to the Las Cruces drive through on her bicycle and ordered a meal, police said. After telling the server that God would pick up her tab, the server replied, that's not how it works here. <laughs> Good response. The server gave Hernandez the meal after she allegedly threatened him. The server called the police. Hernandez was found eating the meal in a nearby park. She told officers she knew what she did wrong and contemplated not eating the food. <laughs> but she ate it. She eventually gave in because she was starving. Yeah. God told me to eat it. This so, one's on God. Yeah, this one's on drugs. Yeah. Like, there's a sad part to this, but then there's also the incredible part that this woman had the cojones to just go like, you know what, jerk? This one's on God. You yeah. call him for the tab. Yeah. You're gonna what are you what are you gonna call the cops? <laughs> Listen, if you want to upset God, you don't give me that food, you go ahead and call the cops. Cops may have a gun, but God has a God gun. What so you work at Sonic? Sure. Okay, you're behind the counter. Some woman comes up. Am I a manager? Ah, you're just, you're working the drive-thru. You're an assistant manager. How many years have I been there? Four. Whew. But. Dude, I'm not an assistant, or I'm not a manager yet, and I've been there four years. You're an assistant manager. You're the first assistant manager. The next management job is totally yours. Like in another town? No, 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 that store. You could have gotten a manager job, but you would have had to go across the, across the river. And you've never been a fan of that side of town because they were your rival in high school football. But here you are. You're working at Sonic. It's accurate. Some woman pulls the door on a bicycle. Yep. She looks a little kooky dukes. And she says, this one's on God. You're just going to let that slide, aren't you? Yeah, of course. I'm okay, going to let it like, slide. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's first of all, doesn't cost you any money. It's not like you have to repay the till for the burger. It's a funny story. I think you just move on. I would let it go. I would let it go once, but you got to worry that she's going to come back and then say that JC, this one's on JC. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. If she if she tries it twice, boom, she's yeah. done. But I say I say with that line, you know what? Now I'm wondering, did she get away with that Carl's Jr. the week before? 
did she was this her first try on that or did uh you know hardy's let her just kind of roll through mcdonald's no problem let's try sonic oh man those guys at sonic are real sticklers now it's going around the meth community down in uh, las cruces new mexico that uh, hey you can't get away with it at the sonic let's go back to burger king this one's on god it sure is. <laughs> Here you go. High five and send her on her way. Yeah, I would let her go, but maybe that makes me a bad person. Hernandez was charged with felony robbery, which is most likely to be reduced to petty misdemeanor. The report added that she will likely be forced to pay back the restaurant and possibly find an additional amount. Felony? Was it four bucks for a cheeseburger at Sonic? If she goes to court, can God be her witness? Oh, that would be good. Can she, like... Can she do that thing that uh, evangelicals do and embody God on the stand? Be like, I called my next witness God. And she goes, <laughs> when she realizes she ate a Sonic burger and she gets the bubble guts, can she go, damn you, God? <laughs> ah! What is that line from uh, Planet of the Apes? Damn you, <laughs> you dirty apes. Damn you, you dirty apes. Damn you all the hell. Charlton Heston. Yeah. All right. That's your good versus evil. It's brought to you by our friends at 808, the Titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstocks. Hey, the Blazers roster is done. It's set. We added our final player. He's a veteran. He's won championship. He's great. Do you know who it is? We'll tell you next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.